be attentive, Lord, help me to be able to say the things you would have me to say, Lord, and that, that your word would be able to help and minister uh, to us tonight. Uh, thank you, Lord, for those who would come out uh, to church on a Sunday night, and I know we've got uh, quite a few people out uh, because they weren't feeling well. I pray you'd help them to feel better and be with us on Wednesday night. We love you, Lord, in your precious name I pray. Amen. Alright, well, we're there in Genesis 45. And Genesis 45 is kind of a climax in the story of Joseph. For the last few weeks, we've been uh, watching and learning from Joseph as he's been bringing his brothers through a series of tests to prepare them to meet with him. In the last chapter, we saw Judah, if you were with us last Sunday night, we saw Judah break down before Joseph and really before God, and uh, he confessed his sin, and now we're watching Joseph's reaction to Actually, go back to the last... Let's uh, start at verse 32 of, of the last chapter, 44, and look at Judah as he speaks in verse 32. He says, For thy servant became surety of the lad unto my father, saying, If I bring him not unto thee, then I shall bear the blame to my father forever. Do you remember that Benjamin, uh, Joseph has set it up so that Benjamin would have to stay in Egypt as a slave. And he's watching his brother's reaction, specifically his brother Judah, because Judah's idea was to send Joseph, the youngest favored brother, as a slave to Egypt. And now this same Judah is is uh, responding as the now youngest brother Benjamin, now favored brother uh, Benjamin is being may have the 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 lot of being taken into Egypt or left in Egypt as a slave. And Judah says in verse three, now therefore I pray thee, let thy servant abide instead of the lad a bondman to my lord, and let the lad go up with his brethren. And we see Judah's transformation. He went from being the one sending the younger brother into slavery in Egypt to saying, no, I don't want him to go into slavery. Egypt, I will become a bondman for the lad, let him go. Verse 34, he says, For how shall I go up to my father, and the lad be not with me? Let's pray, adventure, I see the evil and shall come on, that shall come on my father. So we see the transformation of Judah. And we see God's work come to an end as Judah was transformed there and became right with God. And now in verse 45, Joseph is free to reveal himself finally. And I'd like you to see how Joseph revealed himself to his brethren. Number one, I'd like you to see that Joseph revealed his person. Look at verse 1. Then Joseph could not refrain himself before all them that stood by him, and he cried, Cause every man to go out from me. And there stood no man with him, while Joseph made himself known unto his brethren. I'd like you to see that Joseph revealed his person. Joseph revealed himself... And I want you to see, if you look at verse 2, it was a very simple revelation. Joseph had a simple revelation. Look at verse 2, it says that he wept, he wept aloud, and the Egyptians and the house of Pharaoh heard. And Joseph said unto his brethren, notice how simple this is. Three words, I am Joseph. He didn't really give a disclaimer. He didn't really give all this explanation. He said, like, you know, remember when I was asking about the Father, I was asking about this, and, and there's, you know, he's not really telling them all these different things. He just very simply reveals himself with three words. He just looks at them and he says, I am Joseph. Does my father yet live? And his brethren could not answer him, for they were troubled at his presence. And if you remember, as we've been studying Joseph, we've been talking about how Joseph is a type of the Lord Jesus Christ. He's a picture of the Lord Jesus Christ. And in the same way that Joseph revealed himself to his brethren, in a very simple way, I am Joseph, Jesus reveals himself to us in a very simple way. 
Go with me just real quickly to the book of Acts. Acts chapter number 9. If you've been with us on, on Wednesday nights as we've been saying through the book of Acts, you might remember this. Acts chapter number 9, we find a religious leader on a road headed towards Damascus. If you look at Acts chapter number 9, if, look at verse number 1. We find Saul before he got saved, before he became Paul. And Saul, verse 1, Acts chapter number 9 and verse 1, the Bible says, And Saul, yet breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord. He was threatening slaughter. He was persecuting, look at verse 2. And desired of him letters, uh, I'm sorry, uh, of the Lord went unto the high priest and desired of him letters to Damascus, to the synagogue, that if he found any of this way, whether they were men or women, he might bring them bound unto Jerusalem. And as he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly there shined brought about him a light from heaven, and he fell to the earth, and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? Very famous story as Saul is traveling to Damascus, going to get, uh, to persecute the Christians, and to slaughter and threaten the Christians. We know that a huge light appears to him, and the Lord Jesus Christ appears to him, and Paul falls off the beast that he's riding, and, and, and he hears a voice saying, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And we find, you know, Saul rejected Jesus Christ. Saul believed that there was a Messiah who was coming, there was a Christ who was coming, but he rejected the Lord Jesus Christ as that Messiah, as that Christ. And we're going to watch the Lord Jesus Christ reveal himself to Paul in a similar way that Joseph revealed himself to his brother. And look at what it says. He, he says, Saul, Saul, why persecuted thou me? Look at verse 5. And he, talking about Paul, said, Who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, look, just three words. I am Jesus. Very simple revelation. He didn't, he didn't say, well, Paul, let me explain to you the Old Testament with the sacrifices and the, the, the blood and, and this and that and all these different things we did. And the, do you remember the time? He didn't give him a lot of faith. He just very a very simple revelation from Joseph, a very simple revelation from Jesus. Three words, I am Joseph. Three words, I am Jesus. And so often, sometimes people come to me and they'll come to a church like this and they'll hear me preach and they'll say, your presentation of the gospel is just so simple. Believe. You know, it's got to be more complicated than that. There's got to be more steps to salvation than just faith and just belief. But I would submit to you that the revelation of Jesus Christ is always simple. It's easy. That's why He said that even a child, even a baby, the Bible says that we must believe and we must have faith like a child. Why? Because it's an easy thing to understand. It's an easy thing to accept. It's an easy thing to be revealed. Joseph revealed his person. It was a very simple revelation. I am Joseph. And as a type of the Lord Jesus Christ, you can go back to Genesis, the Lord Jesus Christ reveals himself to men every day. And it's a very simple revelation. I am Jesus. Believe. It's not complicated. Salvation is not complicated. It's very easy. People will make fun of us and they'll say, you're one of those believed people. You don't think you actually have to do anything. You don't, you don't think you actually have to repent of your sins. You're one, and they'll, they'll try to make fun of what we believe. They'll, say, they'll call it, you're easy believism. And I'll say, you know what, I am easy believism. I'll take that as a, as a badge. Easy believism. Guilty as charged. It's easy to believe. It's easy to be saved. Now, the cost was not easy. Christ died on the cross was not easy. But thank God He took care of that. All I have to do is believe. It's easy. It's simple. 
We said, number one, Joseph revealed his person. Number two, I'd like you to see, Joseph revealed his purpose. Joseph revealed his purpose. Look at verse 4, Genesis chapter 45, look at verse 4. The Bible says, And Joseph said unto his brethren, Come near to me, I pray you. And they came near, and he said, I am Joseph, your brother, whom you sold into Egypt. And in verse 5 he says, Now therefore be not grieved, nor angry with yourselves that ye sold me hither, for God did send me before you to preserve life. I'd like you to see, number one, Joseph's purpose was to pardon. He didn't make his brothers wait. He didn't keep them in suspense. Very, as soon as he reveals me, he says, I am Joseph. He says, I am Joseph, your brother, whom you sold into Egypt. And in the very next verse, he says, Now therefore, be not grieved, nor angry. That word, therefore, he's saying, look, because I'm your brother, and I just revealed myself to you, he said, I don't want you to be grieved. He said, I don't want you to be angry with yourselves that you sold me hither. And he says, here's why I don't want you to be angry. For God did send me before you to preserve life. See, Joseph, it was, jo- Joseph had this understanding. He understood the purpose of his life. And after many years of maybe questioning God, and many years spent in slavery, and spent being lied about, and spent in prison, and spent away from his family, spent away from his father, you know, birthdays, and holidays, and Christmases, and Thanksgiving. You said, did they celebrate Christmas? And they, yeah, they celebrated in the Old Testament. Don't worry, they did. But, you know, they had other holidays. But all, you know, all those, after years and years and years, and maybe Joseph, that's something he dealt with, and that's something he had a problem with, and he didn't understand, and, and he dealt with that grief, that betrayal, the fact that they lied about, the fact that they sold him, the fact that they uh, mistreated him, the fact that so many unfair things happened in his life. He dealt with those things because he was able to look through spiritual eyes and see the purpose, the purpose of what God was doing. And he says, God did send me before you to preserve life. He said, for these two years have famine been in the land, and yet there are five years in which there shall neither be earring nor harvest. Look at verse 7, he says, And God sent me before you to preserve you a posterity in the earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. Joseph understood his purpose. His purpose was to preserve life. His purpose was to preserve life. His purpose was to pardon them. His purpose was to preserve life. His other purpose was to preserve your posterity. Look at verse 7. And God sent me before you to preserve your, you a posterity. So we know He was there to pardon them. He was there to preserve life. He was there to preserve posterity. That word posterity there, that word means descendants or future generations. See, here's what you got to understand. If it wasn't for Joseph, the children of Israel, and at this point we're not talking about a nation, we're talking about a family, a man and his twelve sons and their families, would not have survived that famine. See, here's what you got to understand. We live, you know, and this is a bad analogy, I apologize, but, you know, if it doesn't make sense, but I, sometimes I describe it like this. We, we live our lives as if, as if our lives are like some sort of a TV show and we're the main star. You know what I mean? We, our, our lives are so wrapped around us, we can only see things in, in the fathom of our lives. It's like, what's happening to us? 
uh, the episode of our life. And not, not days of your life, that's what I'm talking about. But you know, what things that happen to us. We're the main star. And Joseph was able to look past his life. And he was able to see, you know, he could have just got indwelled with the things that happened to him. The slavery he was in, the years he spent, the, the, the wasted time he spent, the time he could have had, the, time, the things that were taken from him, and the hurt that was brought to him, and the unfairness that was brought to him. But Joseph was able to look beyond that and realize it's not about Joseph. God wasn't just dealing with Joseph. God was dealing with a nation. God was dealing with a world. God knew that the Messiah was going to come from Judah, like we learned last and God had to preserve those descendants. He had to preserve that family. He had to preserve that posterity. And God was willing to hurt Joseph a little bit. To gain a lot for the rest of us. And Joseph was able to deal with that hurt. And deal with that pain. Because he would look past his own life. And say, God meant this for good. Later Joseph says, you meant this for evil. But God had a plan. God had a purpose. And God had... had uh, He said, He sent me here to, do, to pardon you. Joseph is a picture of Jesus Christ. You remember that? Go to Ephesians real quickly. Look at Ephesians chapter number 4. In your New Testament, Ephesians chapter number 4. Galatians, Ephesians. Ephesians chapter number 4. Look at verse number 32. Ephesians chapter number 4, look at verse 32. Joseph's purpose was to pardon. Christ's purpose is to pardon. The Bible says, Ephesians 4, 32, it says, And be ye kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another. Look what it says. This is what I want you to see. The last phrase of this verse. Even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. Do you understand that the reason that we can stand before God with our salvation, God did not forgive you because He likes you. I'm sorry if that hurt your feelings. God did not forgive you because you're a good person. God did not forgive you because He's impressed with you. The Bible tells us that God the Father chooses to forgive us for Christ's sake. Because Christ died on the cross. Because Christ took our punishment. Because Christ was here to pardon us. Just like Joseph's purpose was to pardon his brother, Christ's purpose is to pardon his brother. You know that we're the brothers of Jesus Christ? The Bible says that he is the firstborn, but we are his brothers, and we are his siblings, and God is our Father, and his purpose in Jesus was to forgive us. We are forgiven by God for Christ's sake. It says, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. Go with me to John chapter number 3. Look at verse uh, 17. John chapter number 3. Verse 17. John 3.16 is a very famous verse in the Bible. Obviously, we've all heard it before. But look at John 3.17. Look what it says. For God sent not His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. The purpose of Christ is to pardon us. The purpose of Joseph was to pardon his brother. And the purpose of Joseph was to preserve. He preserved life. He preserved a posterity. And the sooner you can figure out what the purpose for your life is, and what it is exactly that God has in your life, the sooner you can start putting things together, and the less you're going to be bitter, and angry, and sad, and depressed 
about the things that happen in your life. Because if anyone had an excuse to be mad at God, it was Joseph. But God, but Joseph actually rejoiced because he saw the big picture. He saw the posterity. He said, this was a great thing that I got sold into slavery. Because now I can preserve your life, I can preserve your descendants, and the Messiah can one day come and save us of our sins. He saw the big picture. And if you would see the big picture in your life and you stop worrying about, well, what's happening to me and what I'm going through and start trying to think about, well, what, God, what is God trying to accomplish here? What is God trying to use me to do? What's the big picture in God's plan and God's purpose? We said, number one, Joseph revealed his person. Number two, Joseph revealed his purpose. Number three, I'd like you to see Joseph revealed his plan. Look at Genesis 45, look at verse number nine. Genesis 45, look at verse number nine. The Bible says, Haste ye, and go up to my father, and say unto him, Thus saith thy son Joseph, God hath made me the Lord of all Egypt. Come down unto me, tarry not. Notice what he says. Come down unto me, tarry not. Look at verse 10. And thou shalt dwell in the land of Goshen, and thou shalt be near unto me. Thou and thy children, and thy children's children, and thy flock, and thy herds, and all that thou hast. And there will I nourish thee. For yet there are five years of famine, lest thou and thy household and all that you has that thou hast come to poverty. And behold, your eyes see, and your and the eyes of my brother Benjamin, that it is my mouth that speaketh unto you, and ye shall tell my father of all my glory in Egypt. Joseph reveals his plan. He reveals the plan that he has, and his plan was this. He says, I'm gonna take care of you. He says, he says, you know, thou, have, thou, thou shalt dwell in the land. He, in, in verse 11, he says, there will I nourish thee. In verse uh, 13, he says, haste and bring down my father hither. And see, in our lives, the Lord Jesus Christ, go with me to Romans. I know I'm having you go to a lot of uh, references, but I don't know what to tell you. What's new? Romans chapter number 12. Romans chapter number 12. See, when, when Joseph revealed himself to his brethren... In the ways He revealed Himself, the same way that God reveals Himself to us, Jesus. And Jesus reveals Himself as a person, as our Savior. And Jesus will reveal His purpose. If you would pay attention, He would show you what He has for you. And God has a plan for you. Joseph revealed His plan. He said, here's the plan, guys. Here's why I'm here. I'm going to take care of you. In the famine, you would come to poverty. You would become very poor. You might starve. But I'm here to take care of you. And here's what I love love about Joseph. Joseph, because Joseph also represents a good Christian. Amen? I mean, obviously he's a great Christian. And here's what I love about Joseph. Joseph started as a young boy who was very weak. Who was in a position of being, uh, you know, taken advantage of. Who was in a position. He couldn't help anyone in slavery. He couldn't help anyone in prison. And that's how you and I start. We start off in slavery. And we start off in prison. And we get saved. And we can't help anyone. We can't do anything for anybody. All we can do is that people help us. But Joseph matured. Through years of affliction and heartache and being alone with God, he matured. And here's what, it's like we were talking on Wednesday night about Aquila and Priscilla, and we were talking about the Lord Jesus Christ. Joseph could say, I didn't come to be ministered unto, I came to minister. He said, there was a time when I couldn't help, but now I can help. There was a time when I couldn't minister, but now I can minister. Joseph said, I'm making myself available. 
but so that I can help you. And that ought to be your attitude in church. You should not come to church with this attitude, what can people do for me? You ought to come with the attitude, what can I do to serve? How can I help? How can I minister? The Lord Jesus Christ, I came not to be ministered unto, but to minister. He said, I came to help. Aquila and Priscilla, I loved how Paul said about them, he said, they were my helpers. Joseph revealed this plan. You're there in Romans chapter number 12, look at verse 1. Romans 12, 1, look what it says. I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. Look what it says. Holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Be not conformed to this world, but be you transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. The Bible says that God has a good and He has an acceptable and He has a perfect will. You know that God has a will for your life? You know that God has a plan for your life? You know that God has things He wants you to do? It's like we were talking about this morning. You get to choose what kind of ground you are. He says, hey, you can be in the good, you can be in the acceptable, but I'd really like for you to be in the perfect will of God. He said, I have a plan. Joseph revealed his plan. He said, here's my plan. I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to feed you. You're going to come live with me, and I'm going to show you. I'm going to take care of you, and I'm going to make sure you're taken care of, because we must preserve your posterity. Number four, go back with me to Genesis. I know we're going through these quickly, but... The Bible says... In verse number 9, look what it says. Genesis 49, 9. He says, Haste ye, and go up to my father, and say unto him, Thus saith thy son Joseph. Look what he says. This is what he wants them to tell his father. God hath made me the Lord of all Egypt. I told you that Joseph revealed himself in his person, and Joseph revealed himself in his purpose, and Joseph revealed himself in his plan, but I'd like you to see that Joseph also revealed himself in his power. In his power. He said, go to my father and tell him that God hath made me the Lord of all Egypt. Look down at verse number 13. He says, and ye shall tell my father of all my glory in Egypt, and of all that ye have seen, and ye shall haste and bring down my father hither. He said, when you go back to dad, I want you to tell him of all the glory you saw in Egypt. He said, I want you to tell him that God hath made me the Lord of all Egypt. And Joseph said, I want you to tell my father that his son Joseph is in Egypt. I want you to tell him about my person. I want you to tell him about my purpose. I want you to tell him about my plan. But I want you to tell him about my power. He said, I want him to understand. If you remember, we said before that Joseph revealed himself in a very simple revelation. But Joseph also revealed himself in a very sudden revelation. See, last time they saw Joseph, they saw him weak. They saw him young. They saw him in shackles, maybe crying, maybe weeping. They saw him as he was going very weak-minded. And you know the last time that this world saw Jesus Christ, they saw Him the same way. Weak. In bonds. That's one of the reasons why I'm against, uh, I'm against all this idolatry that, that churches have. Because most of the idolatry depicts our Lord Jesus Christ weak. 
Have you ever noticed that? They'll have the, the scene of the manger. And it'll be Jesus as a little baby. Overshadowed by a woman. Or they'll have him on a cross. Let me tell you something. The God that I serve, he was a baby, yes, but he's not a baby today. And the God that I serve, he was on the cross, yes, but he's not on the cross today. See, the world depicts Jesus weak. Because both of those, as a baby or on the cross, he's weak, he's humble, he's, he's small. And the last time they saw Joseph, he was weak, he was humble, he was small. But when Joseph revealed himself, he revealed himself with power, with strength. He revealed himself with the Lord. Let me tell you something. The Bible says that Jesus Christ came. When John the Baptist saw Jesus Christ, he said, Behold the Lamb of God that taketh away the sins of the world. Now, a lamb is a very weak animal. But you know that the Bible tells us that when Jesus Christ returns, He will be revealed. The Bible tells the book of Revelation, He will be revealed as the Lion of the tribe of Judah. See, he came as a lamb, but he'll come back as a lion. He came weak as a baby. He came weak on the cross. He came weak, humbled. But look, when he's coming back, there is no cross. There is no weakness. There is power. And Joseph, the last time they saw him, he was weak. He was a child. He didn't have any strength. But now they see him and he controls the world. He has power and strength. And the next time this world sees the Lord Jesus Christ, the Bible says they will see him coming in the clouds with great He'll reveal himself in his power. You understand that the God that we serve is powerful? Jesus had a simple revelation, but he will have a stunning revelation. And I don't know if you caught this, but he's the lion of the tribe of Judah. Because of the story. I said, number one, Joseph revealed the. His person, Joseph revealed his purpose, Joseph revealed his plan, Joseph revealed his power. This is the last point I'd like you to see. Joseph revealed his petitions. Joseph had a few petitions for his brothers. He had a few things he wanted to ask of them. Look at verse number 3. And Joseph said unto his brethren, I am Joseph. Doth my father yet live? And his brethren could not answer him. For they were troubled at his presence. I could imagine that. They couldn't, they couldn't even talk to him. Look at verse 4. And Joseph said unto his brethren, Come near to me. Notice his petition. Come near to me, I pray you. He said, I'm asking you, would you come near? Would you come close to me? I am Joseph, your brother, whom you sold into Egypt. Look at verse number 15. And after all this conversation, after he tells about the plan and all those things, look at verse 15. It says, Moreover, he kissed all his brethren and wept upon him. And after that, his brethren talked with him. The first petition that Joseph had of his brethren was he wanted fellowship. He said, would you come near to me? And they were scared. They didn't want to talk to him. But after he explained his purpose and his plan and his pardon and his preservation and all those things, they talked to him. They fellowshiped with him. God in Jesus Christ reveals himself to you and I because he wants our fellowship. Not only did Joseph want their fellowship, but he wanted their loyalty. Look at verse number 20. Genesis 45.20. Look at what he says. Joseph says to them, this is what he says. Also regard not your stuff, for the good of all the land of Egypt is, is yours. Notice what he says. He says, regard not your stuff. He says, forget about whatever you have. Whatever stuff you have, I want you to forget about it. He said, I'm going to take care of you from now on. 
And you know that's what Jesus Christ says to us today as He reveals Himself? He says, I want you to just forget about whatever you're connected to, whatever stuff you got, whatever the world offers you. I want you to just cut that and just realize that from here on out, I'm taking care of you. I'm your number one priority. I'm the one who's going to protect you, who's going to pardon you, who's going to feed you, who's going to preserve you. I'm going to take care of you. And He says, regard not your stuff. I love that. You don't have to go back there, but remember Romans 12, we were just looking at it, when he said, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And what did he say? He said, be not conformed to this world. What was he saying? Regard not your stuff. The word conform means to form. He said, I don't want you to be conformed, or take the form, or take the shape. Excuse me. Take the shape of this world. He says, regard not your stuff. He says, forget about it. I'm going to take care of you. Joseph revealed his petitions. He wanted their fellowship. He wanted their loyalty. And lastly, I'd like you to see, look at verse 24. He wanted them to stay faithful. Notice what he does. Look at verse 24. So he sent his brethren away, and they departed. Now here's what you got to understand. Joseph is sending his brothers back home to his father. He's sending them on a trip to his father. And he said unto them, look at the last phrase of verse 24, See that ye fall not out by the way. He's saying, hey, don't fall out by the way. When I read that verse, it made me think of the, when I was in the military, uh, when I was in boot camp specifically, they were, we were forming flights. You know, I was in the Air Force, so it was flights. And we would, uh, you know, form in our little flight or whatever, and we'd form in our formation, you know. And sometimes we'd have to be formed, you know, in formation for a long time. Sometimes for hours, you know, like three or four hours. And you'd be standing at, you know, uh, you'd be standing at ease or at parade haste or at attention, whatever. And, and, and every once in a while, you know, because we were in San Antonio and it was hot. It was humid and it was hot. And every once in a while, I mean, you're standing in formation, fully clothed, you know, for three hours, you know, it starts to get kind of hot, you start to get kind of dizzy, it starts to get kind of bad, and there'd be, every once in a while, you know, somebody would just fall, fall over. And you know, this is what people would say. They would, this is what they say about the person. They said, he fell out. That person fell out. They say, hey, hydrate so you don't fall out. Here's what they were saying. They were, they were you know, the, the, the purpose of, you know, when they were saying they, fall, they fell out, they're going to fall out. Here's what they were saying. They were saying, you were with us, standing with us, now you're not. And Joseph was telling his brothers, he was saying, hey, I'm sending you back to my father. I'm sending you back, you know, I want you to tell my father about my person and about my plan and about my, uh, you know, all those different things, my purpose and all those things. I want to tell them about my power. But while you're going on the trip, I want you to be very careful that you do not fall out. He says, fall not out by the way. And you know, just like Joseph sending his brothers to see his father, the Lord Jesus Christ sends you and I on a trip to see his father. And you know what he says to us on the way? He says, hey, be sure you don't fall out. He says, hey, be sure you actually make it there. And we're not talking about salvation. He said, make sure you don't quit. Go with me to 2 Timothy chapter number 4. 2 Timothy chapter number 4. 2 Timothy chapter number 4. Look at verse number 7. 2 Timothy chapter number 4. And 
and look at verse number 7. The Bible says in 2 Timothy chapter number 4 and verse 7, the Bible says, Paul was getting ready to die. He was getting ready to go home to the Father. And notice what he says in 2 Timothy 4, 7. He says, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Paul got to the end of his life and he said, you know, I fought a good fight. And you know, I want you to understand, when Paul wasn't, you know, uh, he, he wasn't, you know, patting himself on the back. The, the good, the word good there is not talking about necessarily how he fought, it's, he's talking about the fight. He wasn't saying that he necessarily fought a good fight, and I'm not saying he didn't fight a good fight, but what he was saying, he wasn't saying I fought a good fight, he was saying the fight that I was in was a good fight. He was saying the fight I was in, it was good. He's not necessarily saying, I, I fought a good fight. He's saying, the fight that I fought was good. You know, most of us spend our lives fighting dumb fights. Most of us spend our lives fighting with people and fighting with things and fighting with God. And we're fighting over dumb things, wasting our life. Paul was saying this. Paul was saying, I didn't waste my life fighting and not accomplish something. He said, I fought, yes, it was a fight. At times it was hard. At times it was tough. But he said, the fight that I was fighting, it was a good fight. It was a good It was good. Paul didn't end his life saying, man, I, you know, I just wish maybe I would have just you know, started my own business. That's not what he was saying. And you know, I, just, I really regret not going to the Bahamas. That's, that's what I'm going to say. I've been planning a trip to the Bahamas for like eight years. And it's not happening. My wife's not liking that. No, no, just joking. But you know, he didn't end his life with any regret. He said, you know, the fight that I was in, it was a fight, but it was a good fight. He said, I have fought a good fight, but here's what I love. He said, I have finished my course. See, Paul, Paul, was, Paul often referred to the, the Christian life as a race. You know, and Rome there, and in that time, you know, it would have been a very easy thing to equate it with. And, he, and, and the, the word course there has to do with the course. You know, you would be running your course, and you'd be running your race. And the, the beautiful thing is, Paul got to the finish line of his life, and he said, I have finished my course. You know what he was saying? He's saying, I did not fall out. He said, I did not quit. I did not stop. I made it to the Father. He said, I finished my course. And here's the beautiful thing about running the course of the Christian life, is that we can all win. We can all win. And in the Olympics and all these things, there's the winner and there's the losers. I know you guys call them second place and third place, but they are losers. If you're not one, then you're not it. <laughs> That's how I see it. Yeah, yeah, no offense. Oh, yeah, yeah. Except for the chili cook-off. They're all winners. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> That's funny. But, uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> but here's the thing. In the Christian life, we're, we know we winners. I can finish my course, and you can finish your course, my chili can be first, and your chili can be first. <laughs> we can finish our course. Because in the Christian life, we're not running against each other. I'm not running against you, and you're not running against me. You have your course to run, I have my course to run. You know who we're running against? Ourselves. Against our flesh. See, we get so, we, especially in, in church, people get so envious about, well, so-and-so wants the chili cook-off. And, you know, I'm just, you know, I'm going to pick on that now for the rest of the night. No, but we get so envious about, well, so-and-so this, and so-and-so that, and they got to go to the assisted living ministry, and they got to do it, and they got to do that. But we're not running. Look, we've got different courses. I'm not trying to be you. You're not trying to be me. I'm trying to 
event. And you can win your race, I can win my race. And Paul said, hey, it wasn't perfect. Hey, it wasn't fun all the time. And it might have been hard, it might have been a fight, but I finished. I got to the end. He said, I didn't fall out. And Joseph revealed himself to his brothers and he said, hey, can you make it to the Father? Say, can you make it to the Father? Because I want you to get there and I want you to tell him. I want you to tell him about my person. Did you notice when he said, tell him, Joseph, thy son? That's what he said. He said, I want you to tell my dad that Joseph, that his son. He said, I want you to reveal my person and I want you to reveal my purpose. Can you tell my father that even though you sold me into slavery, it was okay because there was a plan? Because I, I love how Joseph said this. Joseph said, you know, when you sold me, it was actually God who sold me. He said, when you sold me into slavery, it was actually God who did that. It reminds me about uh, Jonah, and we're not going to go there, but Jonah, do you remember the story of Jonah, when he got thrown into the sea there, you remember that, and when Jonah got swallowed by a whale, do you remember that at all, does anybody remember that, we're going to have to preach to the book of Jonah, alright, some of you didn't know that Goliath can not but here, here's the thing, when, when Jonah was in the whale's belly, and he was praying out to God, this is what Jonah said, he said, God, you threw me into the sea. And you think to yourself, well, God didn't throw you into the sea. Those sailors threw you into the sea. But see, you look at Joseph. You say, Joseph, God can sell you into slavery. Your brother sold you into slavery. But you say, no, no, no. See, you don't understand. I see the big picture. God had a plan. God had a purpose. God has things that He's going to do in our life. And He reveals Himself in power. And he reveals, but He reveals Himself in His petitions. God does not reveal Himself. And here's what you got to understand in the Christian life. And we're, we're, we're done. I just want to... Make sure you understand this concept. God does, Jesus Christ does not reveal Himself to you just to reveal Himself. You understand that? He reveals Himself because He wants to ask something of you. And He wants to ask for your fellowship. He wants to ask for your loyalty. And He wants to ask for your faithfulness. And Jesus Christ is just, when He reveals Himself to you, Remember, Joseph said, I am Joseph. Jesus Christ said to Paul, I am Jesus. When he realized himself to you, he, he said to Paul, you know, and he didn't say this to Paul, but, you know, I, I imagine it like this. He said to Paul, hey, Paul, I'm Jesus. Fall not out, by the way. And Paul gets to finish. And I'm sure Paul just loved writing these words. He said, I finished my course. I stayed faithful. I made it to the end. Jesus Christ, here, here's what, I guess here's what I'm trying to get you to understand. Sometimes when you're not feeling well, your mind is foggy, and I don't know if I'm making any sense to you. Maybe I sound like Charlie Brown's parents to you. I'm not understanding anything I'm saying. But here, here's what I want you to understand. Christ did not reveal himself to Paul just to reveal himself to Paul. He revealed himself to Paul so that Paul could do something. You say, what did Paul do? Come on Wednesday nights, you'll find out all the good things Paul did. And Joseph did not reveal himself to his brethren just to say, hey guys, it's me. High five. He said, I have a plan. I have a purpose. I have a petition. I want you to accomplish something. I want your fellowship. I want your loyalty. I want your faithfulness. Let's bow our heads and have a word of prayer. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord, so much for church. And Lord, thank you for the story of Joseph. I love the story of Joseph. And Lord, I ask that you would use this time and these words to help those who are here.
that they would have been ministered to, that they would have maybe learned something or heard something that would challenge their lives. And Father, I just ask that you'd help us. We're not done with the life of Joseph. We still got five more chapters to it. But it's good to know, Father, that you reveal yourself to us in the same way Joseph revealed himself. He revealed his purpose and his person, his plan. And you reveal to yourself as your person, the Lord Jesus Christ, to save us. You reveal your purpose, that you want to use us in your plan. You've got a will for us and your power. You preserve us. And then you ask of us petitions. And I pray you'd help all of us understand that. We love you, Father, and your precious name I pray. Amen.